Witches Three gather round our cauldron <laughs> after having gotten off our brooms. Oh, both things right so far. Okay. Definitely going to make Excellent it right for the third one. thing. Yes, then we will conjure our spells and then wander through the town in our classic witch garb, which is sort of a flowy dress thing, and mm-hmm. then a bowler hat. Oh, there it is. Nope, that's wrong. It's not a bowler hat because that's curved at the top. No, I believe it is. I think Charlie Chaplin was the original <laughs> witch. He's definitely not a witch because, first of all, he's male, though I don't want to be sexist or anything like that, but the witch's hat. Magritte's famous uh, paintings of witches? No, again, that wasn't of witches. Witches' hats are pointy. They have a point at the top. Oh, this is... You're thinking of a dunce cap. That's a dunce cap. There's not too much of a difference, but... uh, You're stupid in this uh, case. (laughs) You're stupid. A dunce cap is white. A witch's hat is black. Oh, here we go with another, not seasoned, but part of this on the Chilling Podcast of Sabrina. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are officially kicking off part three of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina with chapter 21, The Hellbound Heart. Now, just to specify, which I know Pete's going to give me a hard time about, but this is the beginning of the second season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Fuck the you. First Hold on. The first season was part one and part two. This is part three. There's a part four coming later on this year. Uh, but we are getting uh, eight episodes here in part three, and we're going to be recapping all of them as so mentioned. Make it easier e- and just say season three. Yeah, but it's not season three. It's part three. Why? Which, as we all know, just call it season everybody- three. Why can't we make it easier on everybody? Everybody who watches a TV show is intimately familiar with TV budgets and understands that in order to budget it correctly, you got to do part three and part four together to plan out the early budget, et cetera, et cetera. They say that very clearly at the top of the episode when they come in. They say, hey, guys, for budgetary reasons, this is part three. <laughs> and our podcast will be covering all the budgetary decisions made <laughs> in part three of Sabrina. All right, open up your Excel spreadsheets, because here we go. What? What? Nothing. I was going (laughs) to talk about some line-producing humor, but let's move on. (laughs) Okay. I'm very excited to get your feedback on that, because that is an area of expertise for you. Indeed. Let us jump into a quick bit of recap here before we get in, because there's About our lives or about the TV show? Uh, about our lives. What's been going on with you, Justin? <laughs> well, you know, it's been a whole season. Sure. Uh, and I mean that. It hasn't been a part of our lives. It's been a season of our lives. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you, Justin. So it is last season three. <laughs> I've actually uh, gone through several seasons since the last time we talked about Sabrina. Uh, let's get into it, though. Quick little bit of recap there. So Sabrina Spellman is a half-witch, half-human, except... She's not, as we found out in part two. She is secretly the daughter of Lucifer Morningstar, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. the leader of hell. He tried to marry her, as fathers always do with their daughters. Right, Justin? Right? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay. Weird way to bring me in on this, but sure. Uh, uh, And in order to do that, uh, he was going to take over the Earth. Instead, they trapped him in what is called a flesh acheron that is a prison. It was created out of her boyfriend, the original bad boy... Nick Scratch. No, 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 Nick Scratch. What? And what is better than sacrificing your own life to save your girlfriend? Am I right, fellas? Bad boy alert on high. Been there. Been yes. There. So Nick, once he had Satan inside of him, literally uh, was taken to hell <laughs> thanks to Madam Satan, a.k.a. Lilith, the Bride of Lucifer, who took over hell. Uh, in the process, she brought her mortal form that she had killed, Miss Wardwell, Sabrina's favorite teacher, back to life. Uh, meanwhile, over Super nice at- of her to do that. Yes, it was very nice of her to do that. Uh, Meanwhile, over on the Greendale side of things, uh, Father Blackwood, the former leader of Sabrina's Coven, the Church of Night, tried to turn everything into a hyper-masculine man cave, witch's man cave, if you will, uh, and push out all the women. Instead, he was run out of town with Sabrina's cousin Ambrose and her former frenemy Prudence hot on his tail. Uh, They specifically wanted to kill him, but also wanted to get Prudence's baby brother and sister back uh, because Father Blackwood had kidnapped him and escaped with him. Uh, So that's what's going on with them. Uh, Back in Greendell with the Church of Night in ruins, Sabrina's aunts Zelda and Hilda took the remaining members and allowed them to live in the Spellman residence, though they weren't quite sure what they were going to do after that. Super nice of them. 
And everything is very nice on this show. I think that's the main thing yeah. that we need to emphasize. Yeah, exactly. No notes. Behave this yeah. way in your real life. <laughs> on the human side of things, Sabrina's friends, Roz, who has the gift of sight called the cunning, and Harvey are Jazz. dating. Which, what? Isn't her name Jazz? And Roz is the actor's name? Oh, is it? Oh, I man, th- I was mixing that up. I think so. Yeah, Jazlyn? No. Roslyn? No, it's Roz. It's Roz. It's Roz? Yeah, okay. I think the human actor is named Jaslyn. You know what? Let's call them by their <laughs> human names. It's yeah, a nice let's way call them by their human names. <laughs> My human name is Alex. Oh, boy. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm clearly very loopy already. Uh, so anyway, uh, Harvey and Roz are dating. Oh, you're right. It's Roz. Jazz is the actor's name. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what it just really happened. Really for a loop there, like a hardcore loop. What just loop. happened? <laughs> It's too close. She yeah. should change the character's name or her actual name to something else. What? Yes. What? <laughs> great, great note. Again, this is why you're a professional line producer. That's what they do. Walk up to people and suggest they change not my their job. human names. Also, not definitely not my job. <laughs> not my job. Uh, so, uh, Sabrina's friends, uh, what was I even talking about? Ross and Harvey are dating. Sabrina is very cool with it. Uh, Theo is another friend who is also there. Uh, and there's a couple of other characters you probably need to know about. We'll get to them later as we reach them in the show because it's kind of complicated. Uh, but things left off at the end of the season after they had solved everything. They had trapped Nick and Satan in hell with Sabrina saying, hey, let's get Nick back from hell, which I think we all agreed was a crazy idea. Yeah. True love, baby. True love. So with that out of the way, very excited to jump into this. And right at the beginning here, we get a new intro to the show with some new animations and thing. How y'all feeling about that? Very fun. I got to say that the creepiest thing about the opening credits is that one picture that's like the Archie comic style drawing of Sabrina uh-huh. just laying on the couch with a crazy look on her face. Really? That's you the know craziest what I'm talking thing about. I, I the look on her talking. face is so unsettling to me. Wow. One of my favorite things they did between seasons is... I think it was for Halloween. They took a picture of Kiernan Shipka with the classic Sabrina look. They had set up a room like that. And instead of the comic version of Betty and Archie on the TV screen, it was Lily Reinhardt and KJ Appa from Riverdale. Yeah. Super cute. Fun wow. stuff. Fun stuff. They do have fun over at that Archie comics. So we kick off with a little bit of a swerve. We start in hell Nick is stuck in some mud. He's stuck in the wall. Uh, Satan attacks. Sabrina frees him, but it turned and gets him out of the hell door. But it turns out it's her father, Lucifer. And he says, daddy loves you, too. Yeah. So classic. It it was all a dream, but classic opening right here. Talk about diving into the action. Um, uh, Now, what do you guys think that Nick, Nick scratches her true love in this in this part in this quote unquote season of the show? Are you Thank are you, you asking whether he I'm is? I'm curious what you guys think of that because I'm you know I'm down for it. Yeah, what do you think, Pete? I can't remember what you ship, whether you're a Nabrina shipper or a Hubrina shipper. Well, you know, I was uh, Sabrina Harvey, ride or die. Mm-hmm. But seeing Sabrina with uh, or seeing uh, Harvey with Roz is kind of cute. Interesting. So when you said ride or die, you chose die. <laughs> well, you, you know, know that's, what that, that's what that means, Pete. No, no. It's sometimes you. on a long ride, you get off, you go in and a die? store, you oh, look okay. at some soda pop or something, you know. No. That's you're yeah. thinking of your ride or bail. And <laughs> that's what you clearly are doing. Ride or die means you ride or you die. Yeah, and so I've always been. Up. Exactly. There's no breaks, no pee breaks in the the love highway, and uh, I've always been. I've always had that Nick scratch fever, and despite my criticism, <laughs> I'm glad you got bit. To I'm Justin's bit point, pee. I've been married for I don't know. I want to say 11 years now or so. I have not peed the entire time. No wow. rest stops. Yeah, exactly. I'm just Nothing holding wrong with that. That's also, good. by the way, Alex, you should nail down what that number you. is um, for you know when you talk to your wife and upcoming yeah, <laughs> anniversary. She'll find out when she listens to this podcast. Okay, <laughs> let's jump back into the action. So it was all a dream. Uh, then we get classic breakfast in the Spellman oh, house. With I do have one more, one more question yeah, yeah. here. Um, why doesn't the devil go ahead and be a different animal besides a goat? The goat's like the worst animal. They eat garbage. <laughs> 
What do you mean like, the worst animal? Goat. What's what's a worse animal? Goats eat garbage. They make weird noises. They, kill, they all they're known for is kicking people. <laughs> and now I'm, being the I'm devil. Sure Why would the devil be like animals. a lion or but like the goat a cool is the bird. greatest of all time? So you know, mm, I think that's that just a true. coincidence because of letters. That's not like what? everyone's well, like I'm the goat. Well, pitch I like us that. What's the what's the worst animal that it should be? A trilobite, maybe. That was the first thing that came to my mind. That's wow. the first animal, Alex. Not the worst animal. Oh, okay. First is the worst, though. Uh, second is the best, which is that fish that crawled out of the water on its legs. Yeah, that That's fish. A good and animal. third, which is monkeys, is the one with the hairy chest. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what scale you're operating on. Um, I'm just saying the devil should class up a little bit. He seems to have the power. Hey, man, be, if uh, he likes goats, he likes goats. Well, but he doesn't well, like goats. If you remember from the first season, he was corrupted into that. It was sort of against his will. So he kind of just turned into a goat. So I think, if anything, that was probably a punishment from God, right? Turning him into a horrible trash eater. Interesting. Well, I guess that proves my point that the goat is the worst animal. I mean, I Disagree. think goats are pretty cool. I think rats are are worse than goats, man. Really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Rats like pizza, as our friend Matt Little knows very well. Yeah. That's great. That's a great point. Also, <laughs> Splinter was a rat. Yeah, he, not yeah. A goat. As soon as I said it, I was like, Master Splinter, damn it. I like mm. that you still call him Master. Well, <laughs> Pete's how long training. were you studying under him, Pete? <laughs> for years, man, years. Is Four Turtles and Pete working for Master Splinter? That's right. Yeah. This is why, if you ever see Pete, he's always uh, licking a bunch of sewer grates, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Heroes on the half shell and Pete. <laughs> uh, so we get uh, what we think is a setup for a classic Spellman breakfast right here at the beginning, but actually oh, the entire yeah. Church of Night is there. Uh, and we get a timeline on things. It turns out that it's been a month since the last episode, since the Church of Night moved into the Spellman house. So I don't know what time that puts us in. I probably should have worked that out beforehand, but I think yeah, we're not. Be. Uh, well, the the last episode was like, I think set around May. So we're somewhere in the middle of summer, though it's clearly fall in Greendale because it's always Halloween in Greendale. So mm. who who cares? You know? Yeah. Who, who cares? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Does yeah, man. <laughs> Calendar's just a state of mind, dude. Oh, Go yeah. Up. Uh, tell that to Copernicus. Did he invent a calendar? <laughs> Not, I mean, sort of, I think. He was sort of like uh, sun and moon, sky. Right, right, uh, right, stuff right, like right. that. Cool. Just random neurons firing here this morning while we tape this. Uh, so it, it becomes too much. They're having a huge breakfast. Zelda and Hilda talk about it. And they're like, you know what? We got to move you guys back into the school. It's enough time. We don't have enough resources or space for everybody. Uh, there's at this point, what, like 20 members of the church a night, something like that. A little small. Yeah. And I will say it's great to see these characters back dealing with just random tasks that are in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about problem. the whole show? Or yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of all television all the time, but these characters are so likable and they're just like, how are we going to solve this problem that we created of having these house guests? It's just very fun. I like, yeah. they're I do like, I will say just to kind of jump ahead to a little, uh, critical thought well, about this on. episode. Let's get through the recap before we start this. What shit. are you talking about? This is we're not. You can. <laughs> I understand in essence your problem with us recapping previous episodes, even though there's a utility to it. But literally, our entire podcast is a recap of an episode of a show. So don't be like, yeah. we got to get fucking through this thing. Pete, it's like <laughs> if you were a if you were a dentist, you'd be like, God, when am I going to get be done with all these teeth? <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, that's the job. Like, what is going on? Every single time we recap something, you're like, I got to get out of here. I got to get this done as quickly as possible. The re like the recap's not important. What happened? You know what I mean? Where you're just okay. This is where they are. This is what happened. Everybody knows that. They all watch the show. So, like, let's talk about our thoughts on the show. Life's just a recap. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Life's just a recap, and then you die, man. Pete, that is literally what we're doing right now on every single podcast (laughs) is we recap and then you could jump in with your thoughts and talk about things. What are you talking about? All right, man, let's get through this. (laughs) You are clearly just doing this to wind me up. 
Yep. Clearly. 2020, the year we get it right. <laughs> the year we get this podcast right. <laughs> oh, my God. Pete, uh, killing me. Uh, <laughs> what were we even talking about? So they're going to move them back into... The Church of Night, uh, it's been about a month, they're moving back to the school, and then they have, a, to your point, Justin, a couple of other logistics to figure out. Is Zelda going to be High Priestess? Of course she's going to be his High Priestess. Yeah. Uh, but even bigger, and this is such like a seemingly low-stakes, high-stakes thing that's going on with their plot line throughout the episode, is who are they going to say Black Mass to? So as everybody goes to sleep, are they going to play pray to the Dark Lord Satan, who they got rid of, who they haven't told anybody about, uh, or are they going to do something else? And it's such a weird, funny plot line for them, I think. It's great. It's like, I love, I've never seen something where like the followers of a religion are like, ah, fuck, who do we worship now? I'm trying to change gears here. It's really fun. Why don't we just recap that whole thing? It sort of stands alone. Sure. Because um, we so to get through that, to figure it out, they have to hide the fact that they uh, are breaking the church off by having Hilda become Blackwood for all these meetings, which is just fun. It's yeah, just fun. it's delightful. I'm blanking on the actor's name who plays Father Blackwood, but he uh, there's a glamour at one point that Hilda puts on to look like yeah. Father Blackwood. And he's just having a delightful time <laughs> pretending to be Lucy Davis. And yeah. uh, he seeing him say, I bake them a yummy honey cake is delightful. Just yeah. absolutely delightful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he masquerades as her. They welcome the Council of Elders who are checking up on the school. Uh, and there's two fun and interesting things that happen during that conversation beyond Father Blackwood, actor playing Father Blackwood, pretending to be Aunt Hilda or other way around, uh, is one, they kind of drop the information that they're losing a little bit of potency in terms of their magic. They're wondering if Father Blackwood has experienced the same. And he says, well, why don't you just pray to the Dark Lord? You've been talking to the Dark Lord, of course. And they say, oh, yes, of course. Yes, we just talked earlier today. I, I prayed to him. And this is something we talked about a lot on the podcast is they've been bullshitting, I think, the entire time. Yeah, I don't think they love that Dark Lord. Um, and honestly, they feel sort of uh, agnostic at, at best, I think, throughout the whole series, and especially here, where they are actively changing up what God they're going to worship. And then they, I think they this is the first time we really see them earnestly praying, I think, is when they choose to pray to Lilith yep. or Madam Satan, uh, who is currently ruling in hell, at least at the beginning of this episode. And that's, uh, there was a touching moment when she hears them. Yeah. Yes, there is. Uh, I mean, if there's been one strong three theme throughout this entire series, it's been how the masculine pushes down the feminine and the female yeah. characters pushing to rise up against that. So it's pretty clear to have three old white men character come in, blatantly lie about their faith as a way of propping themselves up. That's exactly what Father Blackwood did last season. And it, it's nice because... Almost more than anything else, though there are other touches of it in the episode, this really continues to underline the themes of the series. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and one other thing that I, we, I can't believe we haven't talked about yet is we get a huge presence of Dorcas in this episode, Alex. I was getting there. I was oh, getting so, there. I'm so sorry. Please build, build up to it. No, it's fine. Uh, Dorcas Hive has been dormant for a very long time, but finally we're rising up. Dorcas makes some huge moves in this episode that I was very excited to see. And her power is just growing. It's just growing. Yeah. Pete, and you feel to, to the be, same way? Oh yeah. It's great to see Dorcas back in action, you know, really taking control. And to be clear, what we mean here is the camera briefly lingers across her face as it's going to look at someone else. She has a couple <laughs> of lines, Justin. She has a couple of lines. Yeah. Okay. Right? Sure. Yeah. Why don't you just say them back? They were so pivotal to the episode. Uh, hello, I'm Dorcas. Nice to meet you. I don't uh, think that's My accurate. name is Dorcas. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. She introduces herself multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she keeps walking in. They're like, who are you again? And she's like, I'm Dorcas. I mean, that but, checks out to me because she, people keep forgetting <laughs> that she's there. Uh, so she no, no, no there's a couple just, times if you like, if you look in the background, she's just mouthing the words, I'm Dorcas. She's in the background. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's, that's acting. I mean, that's, you have to remind yourself of your character at every moment. Yeah. Um, that's why I haven't been in a lot of films, I guess. They said it was distracting. Every actor has a secret. And sometimes your secret is saying your name over and over again on camera. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, how Robert Downey Jr. nailed it in the Avengers movies. He kept saying, I am Iron Man over and over. Yeah. It worked yeah. for him. And he's yeah, a legend. He is a living legend. Looking forward to Doolittle, which by the time this post is already out. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, then we uh, they they give a little note at the end of this breakfast scene where they're like, uh, Aunt Hilda says, oh, poor Sabrina. She's going to school. She's mourning over Nick Scratch. But she's not actually mourning over Nick Scratch. She's already tr- actively tried to get him out of hell. She's in the caves under Greendale. Uh, tried to unlock the door, tried different combinations. Harvey is there being very supportive of her. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you amazing. think about this? What do you think about this? I, I felt like in these scenes, even though they're being very friendly, very supportive of each other, felt like little touches of Habrita again to me. Oh, I disagree. I feel like the X vibe is strong here. I feel like uh, Sabrina's annoyed by Harvey. Um, and across the episode, they feel like totally not uh, connected at all. No in way. Any sort I disagree, of man. Like he looks at her and is just impressed by her and is just like, you are amazing. And well, she's doing got, magic. Right. She's doing magic. Well, but he that's not, I don't think. Eyes. I, I don't know, man. I did not. I was surprised how little hard eyes I saw in this episode. This I was disagree. the only scene to me. This was the only scene where I got those hard eyes. The rest of it, to your point, I think. Uh, Haas, I don't know, what are we calling them? Uh, Rarvi, yeah, very strong. But I'm telling you, you can't spell Habrina without Haba Haba Haba, you know? Oh my <laughs> god, man. put that on a headband and wear it around for everything you do in your life. Uh, now as they're walking out of the woods, they see a creepy Jolly Frost ice cream truck pop by, and they're like, Oh, okay, that's weird. now here's the real thing that we need to talk about, guys. Oh, okay. This is the crux okay. of the episode. Yeah. Pete, we're in the middle of the recap. You have to save all of your thoughts for the end. No, there's no way to make it through this fucking recap. All right. So <laughs> the ice cream okay, truck. the entire podcast. Go ahead. Is the, the whole episode, guys. This here was the foreshadowing upon foreshadowing. This is going to be how the season moves forward. Because you like ice cream and you got hungry for ice cream. No, uh, because there's a creepy ice cream truck, and everybody knows you can't just have a shot of a creepy ice cream truck without it being a huge thing that's going to be happening. Yes, Anton Chekhov wrote, um, if an ice cream truck shows up in episode one, there will be ice cream in episode six. Yep. Hmm. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, did you just check your watch, Pete, <laughs> to see if it was time for episode six yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing some quick math. Um, I did. I mean, this was we- a weird uh, point of tension, and someone's definitely going to be doing something bad in and around that truck. Oh, man. Um, what do we think of Harvey's longer hair? <laughs> <laughs> the real uh, indicator of trouble afoot here. Well, that's how you know time passed. <laughs> Great point. We, they right. don't have watches in Sabrina. Yeah. So they're like, oh, it's uh, shaggy o'clock. Time to go back to school. I will say, on the hair front and on the Harvey front, he does seem a little bit looser now and more relaxed. Like, clearly he was pretty hepped up in the part one and part two uh, because of everything that was going on with Sabrina, finding out witches are real, watching his brother die, et cetera, et cetera. But... Now he seems pretty relaxed, chill, as we'll get to in a moment. They have a whole band thing going on. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he, he's a chill dude at this point. Yeah, it's nice for yeah. him to have creative outlets for his rage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we after the creepy ice cream truck, uh, Hilda gets a quick phone call. We come back to that later. Oh, we already covered that. Sorry. Just looking over my notes here. Uh, and then we cut over to the school where Theo, Roz, and Harvey are hanging with Sabrina and tell mm. her, hey, you know what you should do? You should join our band or become a cheerleader. Either way. Yeah, either yes. one. Either Sounds one. Sounds activities. Yes. Uh, it's a little crazy to me that th- I think peop- they released a promo music video for the season, which I thought was delightful. But I went on YouTube, and you know, I'd never read the comments, but every single comment that I saw, or at least the first bunch on YouTube, on the music video was like, oh shit, are they turning this into Riverdale? They better not be fucking turning this into a musical like Riverdale. I swear to God, don't turn this into Riverdale. And you get like hints of it right here in the first episode where they're like, we're going to do cheerleading. We're going to do music. We're going to have fun at school. All things are slowly becoming Riverdale. Absolutely. We the are, world's becoming Riverdale. The politics, mm-hmm. everything is, we're all becoming Riverdale. 
worship at the altar of Riverdale. They're putting jingle jangle in the water, man. That's what it says on my blog and on my... my vlog as well, and uh, <laughs> all of my all of my TikToks. Wow, so cool that you're so busy making content. Yeah, gotta gotta put yourself out there, otherwise you're gonna be stuck in the recap portion of your life. We also forever. We also get a little <laughs> Penelope Blossom in this episode that makes you think oh, it's turning. Oh, yes, yeah, well, well, why don't we? Uh, we can jump ahead. We can talk about Prudence and Ambrose's storyline because that's pretty brief. Uh, they sure. go down to New Orleans, and we pick up with them with, as you mentioned, Natalie Bolt, who plays, I don't know why I said her name like that, uh, Natalie yeah. Bolt, who plays Penelope Blossom, uh, shows up as Miss Dubois, which is Ooh. classic, <laughs> ridiculous character name from this show, from Riverdale, mm. whatever else. Uh, and Father Blackwood is with her. Uh, turns out it's not Miss Dubois, and it's not Father Blackwood. It's actually Prudence and Ambrose, who are laying a trap. They end up killing Father Blackwood, but it's not Father Blackwood at all. It's one of his followers from the Order of Judas who they end up killing. And they're like, we just keep going back and forth. The problem is we were trained by him. So we know the same tricks he does and vice versa. So what we need to do is we need to try some new tricks. So they head down uh, to, oh gosh, I wrote down her name somewhere here. Uh, Oh, uh, Michelle, Michelle Marie de Fleur, I think. Uh, who is a Haitian priestess. Uh, She has a front shop that is a classic, like, voodoo, hoodoo shop, but they're like, no, we're looking for the real shit. We want Uh, the real shit. We want the real shit. And she's like, yep, I'm a high priestess of this type of witchcraft down here, and I am going to teach you how to make a world map with some blood magic in order to find him. Ambrose wants a little bit of the sex magic, not the blood magic. Blood sex magic, which is very close to a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. (laughs) Yes, and I think think they're going to show up later on this season. I I don't want to guarantee it, but uh, if you... Take the first letter of every episode of this part. It spells out Ketis. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and you know fleas. It fleas around. Yeah, People fleas say around. Like, oh, I've got fleas. They don't mean the bugs. They mean flea is showing up at their house. There is a circus that shows up at the end of the episode, and it might be a flea circus. I don't know. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I did love this blood map that they made. Mm-hmm. Very. This cool. is very cool. What did you like about it? Just it was well done, like uh, the way the blood like started running all over the place. Very cool. I got. Yeah, I'm just cool. th- this whole sequence in general. I was like, oh, they're really embracing the like streaming service nature of this show, where they can like get away with more. There's like much more murder. Um, there's uh, more sex. Everyone's having sex. Uh, so I, this whole, the the amount of the way they made everyone so sweaty throughout this sequence really <laughs> that really put it, all the budget. I on mean the that's screen. the sort of thing. As we know, broadcast has certain standards and the amount of sweat that you could have on a person. Yeah, like at a certain point they just cut you off. They're like that is too sweaty. And mm-hmm. uh, cable pushed it a little bit. They used to have it's not uh, TV, it's sweaty HBO. But yeah. even that wasn't <laughs> as sweaty as streaming could get. And, of course, there's the tagline, Netflix, yes, sweaty. Yeah, that's true. Oh very under. You don't hear people talk about that very much. Um, but I love they know how to, the Ambrose and Prudence know to take a good cocktail break in the middle of their uh, hunt, their desperate yep. hunt for Blackwood. They just throw on some period costumes and take a uh, cocktail break. I love this and- whole plot line. Yeah, it's great. Uh, And I love seeing them together. Uh, I think they are great together. The two great actors. It's fun to see them. Excited to see where it goes. Uh, And they do discover that he is in Loch Ness in Scotland, home of the famous monster. So we'll see what happens with that when we get to the next episode. Uh, Let's jump back to the main crux of the storyline. This is the main bulk of what's going on with Sabrina and her friends. The creepy ice cream truck. Yes, the nope. creepy ice cream truck, that's, which we covered not, and we'll keep coming back to. <laughs> yeah, super important. It uh, is. What flavors, every one of those flavors has to mean something. Yes. Yeah. We'll analyze that when we get to it, I'm sure. So uh, we go back to school. Miss Wardwell is there, except not quite the same. She is back and she's teaching Dante's Inferno, which everybody immediately is like, in the classroom. Yeah. Looking around, uh, and uh, Sabrina goes and talks to her, makes sure she's okay, 
Uh, and Miss Wardwell makes a suggestion. I love that even though this is Miss Wardwell, not Madam Satan, she's still walking in and Miss Wardwell is like, here's a very specific suggestion I could make for how you can solve this problem you're having, yep. which yeah. I thought was delightful. Uh, so she suggests that some uh, paintings of hell are considered windows to hell. And Sabrina's like, thanks for that. Got to head off. She also has a fun moment where she says, it is you, right? Which classic Sabrina move of like no guile whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right on the nose. Yes. And uh, she says, who else would I be? Then she goes over to Dorian's. Now, this is the real Dorian Gray for the portrait of Dorian Gray. He runs a club in town, in case you've forgotten. Uh, and he is getting a pimple, which doesn't say uh. a lot about what's going on in his painting. Any theories about what's going on with Dorian here? Uh, I think this uh, may play into the weird uh, power differences that are happening yeah. across the episode. Yeah, people losing like, their powers. Hell is getting a little weaker because there's no one in charge, really. Um We'll get to that a little bit later, but I thought this was funny. And he's like, the only way to fix this pimple is not Clearasil. It's a (laughs) one-off flower that grows only in a specific part of hell. Yes. And as we'll find out soon, it's a singing flower just like the singing bush from Three Amigos. Right, Pete? Hell yeah. Yeah. I thought of you when I thought of that. Uh, so she figures out that She'll Dorian does, in fact, of course, have a portal to hell in a painting in his back room. Uh, she goes in and finds uh, the band, which is called Fright Club, is playing My Sharona. Mm. Very fun. Great. I'll tell I you what, they well sounded done. pretty good. Yeah. They did, right? Yeah. I, mean, I know uh, Ross Lynch, he has a band. He's a singer. I don't know about the rest of them, so I don't know if they were playing their stuff, but that was super fun. I, I like that a lot. Were you guys in in bands, hastily thrown together bands when you were in high school? I was in jazz band. I played piano. You know that's ah, not what I meant. Ah, <laughs> you must know that that's not what I meant. <laughs> when people ask you, were you in a band, that is the incorrect answer, Alex, just for future yeah. reference. I was second piano. <laughs> no, that's not were you your second piano? I was second piano. Well, I consider myself second oh, piano because, yeah. frankly, the other guy, uh, Jason Hare, much better. Like, he could actually, he could riff <laughs> on the jazz stuff while I was much wow. more technical and followed the notes. I had a hard time uh, uh, improvising. Oh, my God. <laughs> How oh ironic. Oh, my God. That is I know, ironic. Right? Uh, wow. Second piano in the life. high school jazz band. I believe the Beatles were a jazz uh, high school jazz band for a while. Um, yes, they were. Pete, Pete, what about you? In a band? No, no. Did you? Were I, your friends in a band? I tried to play the guitar for a little while, but it just made me angry. Ah, smashed it. Yeah, Justin. What about you? Were you in a band? Is this what we're leading up to? Yeah, exactly. No, uh, I, I'm just. I was just genuinely curious um, because I'm bad at uh, all music. And then one summer, all of I had a friend group of like. Uh, five or six of us and they all formed a band and I was the only one that didn't play an instrument. Oh no. So that, but they all liked me to play music. Did you dance off to the side? Uh, I played the tambourine a couple times. It was sort of sad. I just was like, ah, just not do this. I can make (laughs) some new friends. So Uh back to the show, Sabrina calls Operation Handbasket, very delightfully named. And in order to go to hell, they have uh, two steps they need to do. First, they rub themselves down with ghastly water, which is a mix of, I guess, formaldehyde and wash off from dead from corpses. And water, opposite of holy water. And they also need to put on dead man's shoes in order to walk the paths of hell. Uh, They head through the painting to hell, and they're heading towards... um, I find it odd how everyone was so on board with this. Like, the embracing of the witch culture from the humans and, like, rubbing, having a quick bath with dead dead people juice Uh was pretty crazy to me. Um, It's a big change from previous... From the whole last two parts of the show were about, like... Being going after Sabrina for being a witch and how she like shouldn't be doing this stuff, and now everyone's whole hog on board. Uh, oh, but I think go ahead. I'm Pete. sorry, Justin. What do you shower with in the morning? Um, I use um just like runoff from living people. Like I oh. I use living water. <laughs> okay, oh, it's sure it's it's been on other people's bodies, of course. Sure, um, sure. Pete uses uh, Pete showers every morning with ghastly water, but that's only because he's too scared to talk to his superintendent. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I'm getting a lot of ghastly water out of my, uh, my faucets. My, my super is Satan, so yeah, you'd be uh, scared yeah. too. Hey, just run that stuff through a Brita, Pete. It's fine to drink. Yeah. Oh, I do. <laughs> too few people. Too few people share with a Brita. You really got to try it. It's great. Purified. <laughs> Ice cold, purified water. To the point you were making, though, I think that's okay because that is what the first two parts were about, is them having this friction with Sabrina, going against it. But by the end of part two, they had gone through it. They all kind of had their own separate powers and things that they were running anyway, and they were all a team. So uh, it is bonkers that they're all on board with this, frankly, stupid plan to go to hell and get Nick back that seems very half-baked. But, no, but they brought one of them brought a baseball bat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they should be fine. Harvey uh, was like, I'm bringing a bat. Yeah, well, Roz Harvey also fuck. said, should humans go to hell? And everybody's like, yeah, it's fine. So yeah. <laughs> they just kind of go on from there. So it's definitely okay. a half-day plan, but I, I prefer to them be like the Scooby squad of this show. That that's I'm good with that. Like that feels like forward momentum to me. I agree. It's it's definitely more fun. It's just such a, a quick change for everybody. It, it was almost funny where they were like, Rub us, rub down with this gross water. Okay, here we go. Off to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Figured you'd have a little more trepidation or ask some questions, but I guess not because they find themselves on the beach on the shores of sorrow. And there's that a was sex- hilarious. I was, was hilarious. like, there's a beach in hell? Yeah. That you was know my first he, thought, too. He's thinking about surfing those waves. That's what he's doing. Yeah, dude, he wants to hang 10. Of course there's a beach in hell. Sand, when you can't get sand off your body, that's a great torture. The worst. Uh, But there is one dude who can get sand off his body. The sexy dude on the beach, he's building a sand castle. Turns out later he is Caliban, a prince of hell. That's a big surprise reveal at the end. Uh, But he gives them a little bit of direction there and says, follow the blood red road. And the whole thing, it turns out, is a riff on the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is another crazy thing that I I was iffy about when it became clear that's what they were doing, and then as the episode went on, I enjoyed it more. How did you Agreed. feel about it? I was on board from the get go. Here, I loved it from the uh, get go. Yeah, the was... Geico get go. Yeah, from the get go. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I was like, all right. I mean, this it, they so much stuff happened in this episode. They kind of just crammed it all in, and we're like, no questions. We're just gonna have a fun ride. Crazy episode for the first one of the season. I was really impressed with all the things that happened. You know, well, that's something that I think we talked about with the first two parts as well. Where it's it's not this the show is almost structured not like a Netflix show. Like it's the length of a Netflix show where it's an hour long, and usually you have a Netflix show where it's like there's at least 10 to 15 minutes that are padded out that are a little too slow that they could cut that are meandering plot lines. Sabrina, there is, it's like there's a 45 minute show and then a bonus 15 minute show put throughout the middle of every single episode where there's never any downtime. There's never any wasted time, but it's so much at the same time. Yeah. Is there another show that we've talked about that is like that Mm. at all? I'm trying to think what's a breakneck paced show. That also uh, shares qualities with this show. Mm, oh, Watchmen. Watchmen, that's it. Yes. Uh, well, it is. It's like a Riverdale episode, and then if there was another 15-minute Riverdale episode stuffed in the middle, right? Like, So it's even, <laughs> it's even more than that at certain points, I think. Yeah, no, uh, and I think they, they land that. They nail mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, I just, if uh, I showed up at Hell and then... Some guy was like, go this way. I think I might go the opposite way. But really? he's really hot, dude. He is. Yeah, I just... His um, shirt's all unbuttoned and stuff. I just... I don't know why they merely like, okay, casual hot guy in hell, we'll go where you say. To be fair, he doesn't reveal who he is, which makes him very trustworthy. To be fair. Mm. Yes. So next up, they find themselves in the field of witness... In hell, and there they find one of the first characters that we talked about at the beginning, or teased at the beginning, uh, Uncle Jesse. From uh, Full House. Full House, he cannot cut it (laughs) out. Jesse Kinsopoulos. Yeah. The thing that's actually being cut out is his eyes as they're being pecked by birds. And uh, he turns out Lilith sent him down there, 
Uh, Theo is very upset. Uh, Sabrina protects Uncle Jesse, says as long as we're in hell, he's going to be protected. We'll grab him on the way back. And they head down further into hell, at which point Lilith, in classic Wicked Witch of the West style, finds out about Sabrina from one of the retainers of the hell, who is dressed like one of the flying monkeys, except without the wigs. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and it it looks like he's a weird bellhop. Yeah, but right. he, it also is weird that the monkeys in Wizard of Oz were dressed like bellhops. Yes. <laughs> All of that. A lot of weird, weird ideas here. Yeah. Yeah. So Uncle Jesse was the scarecrow. Then we get the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, Nick, we also find out, is now also shirtless, lying next to Lilith. He's chained up. His tongue has been cut out, which is pretty horrifying for Nick. How is he going to be a bad boy with no tongue is what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. You could. That's an even badder boy. You oh, don't even boy. talk. You're so aloof. You don't even speak because you're tongueless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the baddest move of the world is cutting out your own tongue. Uh, please don't yeah. do that, anybody listening at home. So uh, next up, they enter the Forest of Torment, where they know the flower is going to be. So Sabrina and uh, Roz head off to find the singing flower, while Theo and Harvey wander off in the other direction, which seems bonkers to me. Horrible the two people. Not good. The t- the two people with magical powers are like, great, we'll go off together. You two humans with no powers and maybe one gun between you, you head off in the other direction. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, one thing. Uh, the signage in hell is very helpful. I would think it would yeah. be more yes. inconvenient signage. Um, or also incorrect signage. That's what I'm saying. Just to yeah. torture you more. By the yeah. way, well, when we when we get uh, down to hell, there's no splitting up, guys. All right. You mean when we're all dead? Happens. When we're all dead, yeah. or when we go out <laughs> to, or we inevitably go to rescue you, Pete, after you make a weird deal with the devil? We have to <laughs> drag you out of hell. No, I think oh, what man. Pete was saying is the ultimate torture is the three of us being forced to do podcasts for all eternity. Right, Pete? Oh wow. Um, uh, I think you mean heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Pete, welcome to Your Life, the podcast. Quick recap on where we've been so far. (laughs) Oh, man, I'd love to do a a recap podcast of Pete's life. Just go (laughs) minute by minute. (laughs) (laughs) Very angry, Pete. Uh, The Pete Minute, just recap. I'd love to do do it. That would be great. Uh, So Theo and Harvey find a Tin Man... Uh, a la, again, Wizard of Oz, uh, but it turns out to be Harvey's brother, Tommy, who was killed last season, brought back to life, and then killed again. Uh, Harvey had to shoot him with a shotgun to send his dead body back to the grave. Uh, it's not Tommy. It's just a denizen of hell pretending to be Tommy. Um, yeah, but while Sabrina and Froz very carefully clip the singing flower, uh, Sabrina shoots Tommy in the back and is like, that's eh, not him. Don't worry about it. Very traumatizing for all the human characters in here. Yeah, and also just left like, don't, don't worry, man, it's not your brother. And then he still has his brother's face and he's all rusted up. Like, it was... Yeah, that was, <laughs> was a unsettling. lot, man. That was very... Yeah. I also feel like maybe it is his brother, possibly. Yeah. It was definitely left open-ended. I, yes. You know, Sabrina seemed a little trigger-happy. Yeah, so uh, Lilith does find out about that. She's like, we really got to stop them. I'll send two old friends to greet them, at which point the Fright Club finds a spooky door to Baxter High, and inside, students are chopping off their parts. They're writing in blood on the blackboard, and guess what? Cousin Balky himself, Balky Bartakamus, is back, and he was exploded by Lilith last season. Uh, He's there. They get trapped at their desks. Uh, there's no spell casting to get out of it. And Roz's grandma is also there to help out. And they're going to dissect Roz right on the table. At which point, uh, what's the opposite of a deus ex machina, a Satanist ex machina or something like that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so the three kings of hell show up, the hordes of hell. They confront Lilith. Uh, and say, hey, this is basically it's a coup. And Lilith comes up with a plan. She frees Sabrina. Uh, right in the nick of time. Right, right in the, the nick scratch of time. Of time. Yes. Uh, also, a great line here. Uh, Roz is about to be tortured. She says, uh, somebody says something about God help me. And Balky says, you're in high school in hell. There is no God here, which yeah. I thought very fun. 
Very fun. Uh, Belky, so, so I mean, you're getting a quality actor when you sign Balky up. Pete, I thought you'd be more excited for the return of Balky. Balky, this was great. It took me a while to figure out it was Balky. I mean, there was a lot of makeup. Wow. They did a great job. He, that is exactly what he looked like back on Perfect Strangers. So I do not know what you're talking about. How dare yeah. you, Salvin? By the end How of that series, he was, he was a rotting corpse of uh, a Meepos, <laughs> of a resident of Meepos. How dare you? Yes. And you know, did you watch to the end of the series, Pete? Because when it was revealed that he was like just an, an imaginary sort of Tyler Durden esque character, what an what an end to that that sitcom. Again, how oh, dare man. you, sir? Don't sully such an amazing sitcom. Well, that's why it was called Perfect Strangers, is because they were the same person, and the Perfect Stranger was cousin Larry himself. Pete, Pete? I think you need to rewatch that show because I know this is a lot of revelations for you, but you should get back into it. It's not just a goofy show that sort of didn't make sense and is lightly offensive to foreign people. No, it's a huge uh, metaphor for uh, the psychotic break of living through the modern world. I would say it's about how love can conquer all you piece of shit. Love between two cousins? Yep. Hmm. Uh, That's illegal in most states, Pete. Not saying that kind uh, of love, you fucking assholes. I mean, you said what you said, and we'll recap that on your podcast later. Sabrina and company come to Lilith, uh, and they we very briefly get to see what's going on inside the Flesh Acheron, which is Yo. Nick and Satan <laughs> having a very sweaty wrestling match going oh, on. Very sexual That was hilarious match. that they it cut to them re- actually wrestling. Yes. Just uh, nonstop body skin contact. Hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Does There's that a lot mean, of wrestling in both Riverdale and the show in a weird way. Well, that's what I was going to get to is, is Nick Scratch the Archie of this show and is Satan the Hiram Lodge of this show? Yes. It, that's an interesting, I do think Nick is becoming the Archie of this show. Yeah, because he's so just puppy dog in love with Sabrina? Yeah, and his, that's his sort of, he has that unthinking role of just like, I love no, you, Harvey. I'll do anything for you. I think I think you said this last season, Justin, which I was definitely thinking about watching this episode, which is that Sabrina is the Archie of this show, which I think yeah. is kind of true because... It is true. That's true. Yeah. She has plans, but most of her plans are like, no, I'll get to that later. I'll figure out that problem when I get to it. And just the reckless earnestness with which she mm-hmm. confronts every task is the most Archie thing you could do. Right. Like going down to hell to rescue her boyfriend after the only thing that was saving the world was her boyfriend being in hell. Yep. Very Archie-like. And then uh, the plan that she ultimately comes up with, they go, uh, I should mention, they go, they sit down, they have a rotting dinner, which... which, uh, Roz notices using her cunning uh, and stops them from eating. What a great power that would be to have uh, just at a restaurant for any of us. Yeah, or like you go to Walgreens and you can check out the sushi that way and be like, oop, not that one. Uh, Pete, or Alex, I'll tell you what, you have that power now, and that is to not <laughs> eat the Walgreens sushi. You could just walk in there and be like, nope, this is a bad idea for everyone. Stronger men than I have tried and failed. Uh, also, there's a great uh, line in here that explains why Lilith, Madam Satan, still looks like Miss Wardwell, yeah. where she says, a face, a face like this, it's hard to beat. Yeah. And I love that very silly but very odd point excuse where it's clearly just like, yeah, Michelle Gomez is great. We're not going to get another actress to play Lilith or anything like that. We had talked about this towards the end of the season. And to me, that's the absolute best decision they could have come to. Yeah, exactly. great. she's great. I love that now she's doing double duty. Yeah. Uh, so Sabrina wants to take Nick back. Uh, Lilith will give him to Sabrina if Sabrina crowns her queen of hell. Uh, but we get a little bit of a twist there. Uh, as Sabrina says this, the lords of hell reveal Caliban is there. He wants to take over the earth. That's his whole plan. He challenges Sabrina Morningstar's right to the throne, says that she's half mortal. She shouldn't sit on there. At which point, uh, Lucifer zaps her inside of Nick. It tells her several pieces of information. Uh, first of all, that everything has been thrown out of whack, that if hell isn't working, heaven isn't working, and earth isn't working, right. uh, the old ones are coming back. Uh, and Nick kisses Sabrina inside of his own head, 
Very weird. Uh, and she saps back out, and Sabrina, a classic, exactly what we were just talking about, It's like, no, you know what? After everything I went through the last season where I rejected the throne of hell, I'm going to go ahead and sit on the throne of hell and yeah. appoints Lilith as her regent. Uh, Caliban leaves after he finds out he needs to get enough signatures to challenge Love, her in hell. Great hell bureaucracy here. <laughs> Love yes. this. My favorite part of this whole sequence, though, was Harvey's line that was basically, here we go again. <laughs> 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 Sums up everything that we're all feeling. Yes. Uh, so Caliban leaves to go get his signatures. Uh, Jesse Putnam uh, gets sent to heaven very quickly by Lilith. Uh, Sabrina takes Nick home. Uh, Dorian's flower gets crumpled. Lots of stuff happens in quick succession. Dorian's flower gets crumpled. He gets a little upset about that. Uh, and they leave Nick in the bottom of the school in a salt circle tied together with some Damascus steel. They're like, eh, nobody will find him and it will no, be absolutely fine, fine. Yeah. Insane. Uh, and then Sabrina's like, you know what? On top of everything else, I'm going to become a cheerleader. That sounds like a lot of fun. So she now, she has a pretty shocking attitude about this she has no problem she's going to be going to two schools running hell joining a cheerleader squad and also solving uh nick scratch's possession problem yeah i gotta tell you what she is the balky bartokamas of this show oh boy 100 and then so many uh, jobs they they sit there and casually have milkshakes as the creepy wind rolls into town and we get the shot of the old ones the old ones. Yes. So this is a carnival rolling into town. Uh, this is. But we something... already saw it because the creepy ice cream man was there first. Mm. Mm. So this whole season is building up to ice cream versus carnivals, which is Pete's yeah. ideal scenario. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Cotton candy uh, versus ice cream. So there we go. Uh, that's the end of the first episode, The Hellbound Heart. Uh, before we wrap up here, though, uh, just overall impressions of the season opener. What are, what are you thinking now? Pete, this is the part you've been waiting for the entire episode where you could finally offer up your thoughts. Great. Thank you. Yeah, we have to just sit through an hour of you blabbing at no, us and then we can finally we talk about our thoughts. <laughs> Pete, that happened. was fun. That's fun. That's what fun so, is. So this was... I mean, it, they did an unbelievable job of cramming a ton of stuff into one hour of television. You know, they talked about, oh, well, should we go back to hell? Immediately go back to hell. Try to get Nick. Like, I think the show does a great job of being like, this is creative. We're going to have fun. you got to just kind of move things aside and enjoy this journey. I think... It's going best when it's kind of crazy and over the top, and it's great. I mean, we didn't get a lot of uh, Hilda, uh, but what we did get was magical. And, uh, yeah, I think they did a great job of being like, here we go. This season's going to be great. Uh, Enjoy. Uh, Justin, overall thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with Pete. Um, the, this they laid, they put so much on the table, and I think they really are ratcheting up the amount of things that is going that are going on in the this episode for sure. And I feel like in the season, like much like Riverdale, uh, where the, like I feel like in the past two parts, it was a little more like let's linger in these scenes, let's lay on the characters a little bit more, and now it's just like gotta go. It felt like. Like obviously you had the Wizard of Oz stuff over top, but it felt like much more adventure, like never ending story esque quest. More quests like that. A lot of like wild imagery with the carnival and all that stuff. So I'm really psyched for the season. I think it's starting off on a much more um uh much different position and a much more like forward momentum uh position. I agree. I really like this opener quite a bit. And the first two parts it was certainly fleshed out. It certainly, there was a lot more room to breathe, but that was based on Roberto Aguirre-Scasa's original story that he still hasn't finished in the comics, uh, though we got, I want to say, eight issues of it were published by Archie. Obviously, they tweaked it for TV. They changed it for TV. Um, but I do think that overall conflict that we had in the first two parts of Sabrina versus Lucifer, is she going to sign the dark book? What will happen afterwards? That was a very clear plot. And now it's... 
I was a little nervous about getting into this because they don't have that same sort of roadmap that he had set out for years, but there's clearly a forward momentum here. Uh, and to your point, so many things going on and it's just, yeah, it's fun to see these characters together again because the yeah. cast is so much fun. Uh, Kiernan Shipka has really very quickly grown into the role. And I think she's so much fun as Sabrina Spellman. Uh, and it's yeah. great seeing everybody again. So excited to chat with you fellas about this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think me. putting this uh, putting this uh, so close to it all flying off the rails, I think, is such a fun way for us to uh, go through the season. Where it's like Sabrina feels like she cannot handle, despite her confidence, she cannot handle all the stuff she has to deal with, and that's the way we know every episode is going to be jam packed with uh, insanity. Before we wrap up here, I got to be honest, I don't remember exactly. Oh, yeah, Justin. What I have we one gonna... other thing to talk about. Like, yeah. uh, we obviously we watch Riverdale and talk about Riverdale a lot. And we've talked over there a lot about how they broke the sort of uh, standard relationship triangle of will Archie choose between Betty or Veronica because of the way the show has just unfolded. Now, this show uh, ostensibly is all about Sabrina and Harvey being together. That's what the comic was about. That's what the original comic book series was always about. And this show, this this season especially, has um, set up that she's with Nick. Do we think that Harvey is going to come in to this? Or is this show now, this season especially, about the Sabrina and Nick Scratch romance? I mean, Justin, how much time do you need to dedicate to us talking about Nick fucking Scratch and Sabrina? <laughs> all right? Did you just say we need a spinoff podcast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scratch Scratch Yes, Scratch Track, great. Yeah. Okay, we'll launch it right after we post this one. Let's wrap up this episode, though. Uh, which, you, you which? Answer my question. Answer your question? What was your question? Is this going to be more about Nick or Harvey? I'm saying, will have they broken the uh, love triangle, and it's all about uh, Sabrina and Nick? Nah, I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I think, I mean, there is that heart-eyes moment with Harvey and Sabrina right towards the beginning. And uh, I mean, I think ultimately, like, I don't know. I think plans change, right? And certainly real world things potentially change that. You know, we don't talk about this too much on the Riverdale podcast, but I do think Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse having such strong chemistry, not just on the show, but in real life, definitely changed the way the Buddy, Betty and Jughead relationship went and probably made that go for a lot longer than they expected. And I think it's the same thing here with Ross Lynch and uh, Jazz, who I'm going to look up what her actual Jess name is. Jazz Sinclair. Jazz Sinclair, that's right. Uh, because I believe they're dating in real life as well. And so that might be something where they just found, oh, these two actors have a ridiculous amount of chemistry, not just on screen, but in real life. Let's play around with it and let's not have people jump back and forth, you know? So so do you think that these shows that Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa is running are just like dating services for young actors? Mm-hmm. It's his production company is called Hinge. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Getting it done. Okay, for real, though, let's wrap this up with which witch reigns supreme in this episode. Pete, take it away. Which witch reigns supreme? Ice cream truck. <laughs> Jesus. What does that uh, even mean? We don't mean? even know if that's a witch in ice cream truck form necessarily at this point. Uh, but that's Wait, your Pete, answer? We- we will have a follow-up with which car reigns supreme in a minute. <laughs> we, do that every, we do that every episode where we pick a yeah. car that we think really had a great episode. Was yes, full of gas. And just quick question. Are you answering my question or are you just having a mild stroke and saying <laughs> ice cream truck over and over? <laughs> ice cream truck. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody help right. Pete. Help Pete. Justin, what about you? Which which reigns supreme? Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to say the Ambrose prudence combination. Um, I love this as an ongoing, uh, plot this season. They're a great combination. Like we talked about and them just being like these, uh, witches on a bounty hunt are great. I can't wait to see that unfold. I was going to say Dorcas for my choice, but then Pete came out with his insane answer. So instead I'll actually say Sabrina, this is. She's having so much fun now on this show, and even if she is making ludicrous decisions, it's so enjoyable to see her watch watch her doing them. Uh, It's great, and that's what you should have. You should have somebody central in the show like that that is fun to watch. Pete, how dare you you say? How dare you drop Dorcas? How dare you? Wow! If you you drop Dorcas for an ice cream truck, Pete. 
Uh, the, Anything honestly, you want to say in return? Or Alex, just the ice cream, ice cream truck. truck. The ice cream truck did have more to do in the episode than Dorcas, <laughs> so I feel like Pete has a point. All right, a couple of things before we go. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we'll spook you with some spooky theories about chilling podcast of Sabrina. Socially, we don't have dedicated channels for this, but you can check out all of our Riverdale channels at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After, on Instagram, at Riverdale After Dark, on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice if you want to listen and subscribe to this show. Please do comment on Chilling Podcasts with Sabrina, in particular on iTunes. That really does help us a lot. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, And we'll see you at the Witching Hour. I curse you with the strongest torture in all of hell to be second jazz piano in a high school (laughs) jazz band. No! (laughs)